episode 52 of the Narcissistic Music Disorder. Scotty, how are you, buddy? I'm not too bad. How are you doing? You know, hey, I'm doing okay. I'm I, I'm going to tell you this. This is a uh, big news for me right now. I am uh, officially right now, as we do this, I'm not wearing my eye patch. So that's big. All for right. people who don't know, I had uh, some retinal reattachment surgery over the last few weeks. and uh, And yeah, man, I'm getting my vision back. So I'm really excited about that. That's a, big, that's a big deal for me. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, without further ado, now this was another one of those things, man. This was another one that was tough for me, and I'll tell you why in a second. What's our topic today, Scott? Ballads. Okay, now define ballads for me. A song about, it doesn't have to be about someone you love. It could be about someone who's gone. It could be about a pet. It could be about anything. See Tell me about your love of car, a ballad about cars. See, so uh, right, that was one of my struggle things was like defining the ballad and what that is and blah 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 and you know because when uh, nowadays I think when you hear ballad or at least when I do, like in my mind, right? In my mind goes to like every rose has its thorn by poison or something. You know what I mean or faithfully by journey. Um yeah. But it's not necessarily that, you know what I mean? It's not yeah, necessarily sure. that. So um Without further ado, I have a list here. I guess I have about. Good lord, dude, are you okay? Yeah. Oh, it sounded like you dropped something, or maybe I, you fell. I dropped my notebook. <laughs> nice. Wait. Oh, that was the sound was Scott's notebook, which is humongous, hitting the ground, probably denting something with his <laughs> the notes he keeps, so he can you know seek out those you know music lovers who uh, who don't have good taste, and he can. It's, we're probably a chapter to the Fratellis in that book, anyhow. Um, so I have about 10 ballads and then I, then I have some, some other, some B stuff to talk about too, ballad wise. So I guess we should jump right into it. What was your first bat? It's going to, okay, everybody, I just want you to take note right now. We're opening up Scott's first ballad. What's your first ballad? Drive by the cars. Oh, you know what? I thought it was going to be way weirder than that. I really did. And I should have known because you love the cars. And you love kind of that era of the cars too, right? And it's Ben Orr. That, ben Orr is your favorite car, obviously. Uh, yes. Rick Ocasek wrote the song, but Ben Orr uh, sang lead, lead vocals on it. Would you say Benjamin Orr was like the, the sex symbol of the cars? I mean, yeah, he was the coolest. Uh, Rick Ocasek is definitely not Elliot Easton, and right, right. And then uh, if you Chamberlain, name, David, David, I, I was going to say if you David keep, Robinson, if you keep like naming that. dudes from the cars, I'm impressed with the three you've got already. I mean, I know those three too, but anything after I that think is the a drummer was David Robinson. Ooh, I, I we'll have to check that out. So tell me, first of all, I got to agree with you. I love that song. I mean, I love it. It's a great tune. Yeah, it's about um, it's about a guy whose wife or girlfriend is struggling with some sort of addiction, and he's talking about, you know, I'm 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 gone. I'm leaving. Who's gonna drive you home? Yeah, you know that song really. <laughs> There have been times in my life where that song has really meant something to me when I was sitting there going, Oh, for sure. (laughs) When everyone had ditched me because I was such a drunk pain and they were like, well, dude, I'm sure you'll make it home somehow. (laughs) I love that. What year year was that, Scott? I believe it was 84 because it was on Heartbeat City. That was my, see, I think Heartbeat City was my prime. uh, That was the Mutt Lang record. What? Mutt Lang record. 
produced that record. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that the one with like magic and all that stuff on it? Yes. Yeah, that's the big, That was that's Mutt their... Lang? I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, the video that. era cars. Yeah. Yeah, that was Mutt Lang produced that record. I'm 95% sure. Oh, that's awesome. Well, whoever did produce I mean, Mutt Lang would make sense because it is a poptastic gem. I mean, that, that yeah, record is great. It's one of those that nothing's out of place. Right, which is a kind of a, a Mutt Lang staple, wouldn't you agree? Nothing out of place? Absolutely. You never yeah. really you never really hear like, you know, hey, uh, you know, the faces or Guns N' Roses or someone are going in with Mutt Lang, you know, because those those are the bands where some of their charm, you know, the replacements aren't going to make a record with Mutt Lang, that's for sure. No, absolutely Though not. that would be awesome. Can you imagine? I bet Mutt Lang would probably, I'm sure he'd give up at some point in that process. You know, be like, I was going to say, there, there might be a murder-suicide. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> trying, trying to get Paul Westerberg to triple track a guitar player <laughs> or something. Okay, good good opener, man. Good opener. What a great song, man. Is that a black and white video? I got to think, who's going to drive you home? Maybe. I don't yeah, know. I think it might switch back and forth. Yeah, that's a great. And I'm, you know, I'm sure I'll get heat for it too, but, you know, I, the video era car stuff, I just loved it all. I love, They were great for video, which is amazing, right? I mean, you have like the video era and you're like, you know, the guys in Duran Duran look great on video. And, you know, the guys, you know, John Bon Jovi looks great on video. The cars, you're like, ugh, the video era, how are they going to make that transition? And somehow they did. And oddly enough, I think the video era made Rick Ocasek kind of a, a, a pop culture icon in a way, you know, his whole look. and Yeah. His, and is I want who was was it? There was a supermodel he was married to, right? He Paulina Poroskova or something, something like, like that. that. She was in the video. Yes, yes, yeah. He was. There's a dude who was overchecked big time. Okay, moving on. Uh, my first pick is a song called "Give Up the Night" by Six String Drag. Um, it's beautiful. It's I'm a huge Kenny Roby fan. Um, as as most people know, I I go back with six string drag for a while, and then you know, um, pretty much uh, you know through their catalog, there's just great songs, and Kenny's a great writer, and um, I don't know, this song is just the production's really good, um, his voice, Kenny Roby's voice. If you're not a six string drag fan or you don't know who Kenny Roby is, um, please check him out. Um, I'll tell you, there's a um. There is a, a couple friends of mine had come to the tip top to see uh, Kenny play and um, and and they walked away huge fans. And then the whole band Six String Drag came to Grand Rapids to the tip top and played with Barrel Bones. Um, and oh, yeah, it was right. really kind of it was it was um, grossly poorly attended. It was, you know, it, it really bothered me. And it may have been a weird night, too. I know Kenny and I played there on like a Sunday, I think. Um, but, but the people who were there were blown away. I mean, they were that great of a band. So yeah. Yes. Uh, Give up the night by six string drag. What do you got next? Your name on a grain of rice from Roger Klein and the peacemakers. And now that song, I don't know. I've never even heard it. It's from the album Americano. Okay. What's the, which appeal is of probably that? one of their bigger, more, I guess, I, you don't want to say commercial for them because they're not really. Um, I was going to say. But that album got, you know, they played the Willie Nelson picnic and things like that. That album got them that notice. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. 
what's the appeal you know, of this? If you get particular invited story? to play the Willie Nelson picnic, you're uh, you're doing something you, right. You made it. <laughs> you're doing something right. Yeah, exactly right. What's so good about the song itself? Uh, just it's a good love song about. Um, you know, one of the lines I love in the song uh, where he says, um, I'm a father, a son, and a restless spirit. Ooh. That, 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 that line. That's pretty good, isn't I always, it? I always dug that line. That's just, pretty good. <laughs> he said, you know, he, he said, he says, uh, I'd pay, I'd pay full price for your name on a grain of rice, you know, because oh. you always, uh, you always oh. try to dicker with the, the folks in, in at the markets in Mexico for, Oh yeah. Yeah. For that's better cool. pricing. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He loves her so much. You'll pay full price. Yeah. He's not going to, de- there's no, there's no bargaining or anything. <laughs> that's nope. pretty good. That's pretty good. I got to check. I, I got to get into Roger Klein more. I really do. Especially you, Bruce and Wendy, all, all my friends who really, really, I wonder why they've never come to Grand Rapids or have they? Um, not that I, Kalamazoo, I think is the closest I recall. Like there's something in me that thinks they, they could play the tip top or, you know, I've I've told Roger many times they could, they could come to Grand Rapids and he's asked me where they could play. And I would think like elevation, elevation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm surprised. That band draws from, you're going to meet people from at least three to five different states when you go to a Roger Klein show. Wow. Wow, that's a, he's that's kind of a his fans travel. Yeah, kind of a cult, not cult. That's right, not the right word, cult band. I was gonna say, but definitely has developed some a loyal following. I know even in my circle, like like I said, people who like Roger Klein are really really like him, and 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 f- like you said, will travel. God, Bruce and Wendy go to like Cancun or something to see him. It's crazy. It's it's sort of a yeah. It's like. Parrot heads on a smaller version. The community. There's a community, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, Todd fans and it's it's something like it's something special like that. I like that. I love that, as a matter of fact. That's how the tragically hip are that's my next pick is now everybody knows like my top, you know, certainly one of my top probably five records of all time and 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 it's come up on shows before. I'm such a Bruce Springsteen fan. Um, you know, I love Born to Run. I love Greetings. I love Nebraska. I think all those albums have come up on our you know, various shows. Uh, but this song is a little later Springsteen song, and it's called Tougher Than the Rest. Um, oh, I love that song I, from Tunnel of Love. Yes. Yeah, which, you know, when Tunnel of Love came out, I, I wasn't, at first, I just wasn't hugely into it because I loved you know, the E street band and Springsteen and that, that, you know, the, the prior sound I was used to, um, tunnel of love seemed to have like electronic drums at points and it it was his divorce record. Right. And, and tougher than the rest though is, and I actually came to, to appreciate the song later on. Um, as a matter of fact, the album, I had a, a girl I dated for a short period of time in high school, you know, made it for me. She gave me Tunnel of Love, and, and it was great. I, I, I thank her. So, uh, Terry Kemp. It's one of my favorite song. Springsteen records. I love that I, record. I just think Tougher Than the Rest is such a beautiful song. It's well-written. He sings the crap out of it. It's got great lines in it. It's to the point, it, but it's romantic at the same time, and it's, you know... One step up from that record is also yeah, that way. There was another... I think there was another ba- well, Tunnel of Love. The title track was a single too, but yeah, tougher yeah. than the rest is my jam for sure. Off that, what do you got next? 
What You Give by Tesla. Dude, that's a great song. That's Yeah. Tesla can rock a ballad. They can do everything. They can do rockers. I mean, like stuff like Edison's Medicine and Modern Day Cowboy and, you know, Hang Tough, all that. But they can kill a ballad. Like Love Song, like the yeah. song you're talking about. Is that the one? Was that written for Steve Clark? No, that's Song no, in that Emotion. Song in Emotion. This was written allegedly for Jeff Keith's dog. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's true, but I'm pretty sure I remember reading in like Circus or something back in the day that he wrote this about. And if you read the lyrics, it kind of makes sense that it was written for a dog. Really? I'm going to pay closer attention. Yeah. I'll have to re-listen to it. That's the rumor. I don't don't know if that's 100% true, but that's what I remember about that. Um, And it's, it's one of my wife's favorite bands and... I love that band. To that, uh, that tune at our wedding. So. Really? Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, I love so. Tesla. Again, Tesla is, in my mind, is just, and we've talked about this before, They've, they, first of all, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being quote-unquote lumped in with hair metal because I love hair metal, but they, def- yeah. they definitely don't belong there and never have. No, they never their have. style of songs is way different, yeah. And they could just, Tesla, I mean, again... They they could just write a, a jam. I mean, everything was great. I love. I just everything was to the point. The other thing, you tell me that here's a good one for you. Go through Tesla's catalog sometime and try to find one of these. Um, you know, um, I don't even know what to call it. You know, like gratuitous sex songs, right? I mean, there's a ton yeah. of them in that genre in the hair metal genre. That's kind of a staple of what that genre was. Um. You'll never find a Tesla song like that. There's never a Tesla song about girls, 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 or all the chicks they're going to get. Or, you know, it's really that kind of... They could almost be... If you clean the guitars up a little bit, you know, they weren't quite so heavy in points. I mean, you have a band that could almost be a, um, almost like an Americana band. You know, like an alt-country yeah, yeah. band. I love yeah. Tesla. I, I can't say enough good about that band. And even I, I think that people who like rock and roll who maybe, you know, were really turned off by, you know, hair metal and 80s boofy hair rock. I, I think a lot of those people, the meat and potatoes rock and roll people would like Tesla if they gave them a chance. You know, your ACDC Absolutely. fans and your just your straight up the middle rock and roll fans <laughs> would really like Tesla. Man, that's a great pick. And you're a huge Tesla fan. I should have expected that. I am. My next pick is a song called Carmelita by Warren Zevon. Have you ever oh, heard that yeah. song? So Absolutely. It's about heroin. Um, it's a great song. Um, Zevon was obviously do, kind of in the throes of heroin at the time, I believe. Um, it's just a, a, a really well-written song. A lot of little turn-of-phrase things. And believe it or not... I mean, it's a great song. I've heard Dwight Yoakam has a fantastic version of it. Of course, Warren Zevon's version of it is really good. But, and you're going to crack up when I say this, one of my favorite versions of it is by Gigi Allen. You know, Really? The, yes. There's, I, I mean, I have a, a, <laughs> a I, I, to be, I think I saw him do it on like some documentary about him, right? And I mean, no offense, punk rock people who maybe love Gigi Allen. To me, you know, just a dirt bag, really. You know, I mean, I don't. I, I guess punk rock is punk rock and everything, but you know, when you're defecating on the stage and stuff, you've kind of lost me. Like that's not my ride. Yeah. Um. Side. Let's take a quick side street. I got to take this. So, 
1989 or 90. No, it had to be 89. It had to be 88, 89. I'm in high school. Gigi Allen comes to Muskegon. He plays the really? Ice Pick, which is the a very famous punk rock venue in my hometown of Muskegon, Michigan. So Gigi Allen comes to play. Um, and, and it's cool. You know, I don't go because, in, you know, I don't know, in 1987, 80, first of all, I would probably never have gone. Second of all, I was probably home, you know, polishing my cowboy boots and tucking my tight jeans into them and, and putting on my faster <laughs> pussycat jacket. I wasn't going to go see Gigi Allen. But no. a, a girl in my German class who I was friends with, whose name escapes me now, and that bums me out because I really liked her. Renee was her first name. Um, she went, and she had at the time in eighty, you know, eighty eight or whatever. Remember when the like brown suede jackets were the bomb, like that suede yeah. leather jacket? She had a killer one. I bet that was a, you know, two hundred dollar jacket or something. And I remember everybody just liked her jacket and had commented. She comes into class on Monday, no jacket. It's like, oh, you know, I think I even said, like, where's your jacket? Yeah, I went to see Gigi Allen, and I got shit on it. I'm like, pardon me? Yeah, he took a, get this, dude. He takes a crap on stage, wipes it on himself, and then runs through the audience. Oh. Now, dude. How does does anyone like that get a fan? (laughs) You know, here... (laughs) Listen, if I thought that was the way to sell records, I would be doing it right now. And I don't think I can. I can see me at the local brew pub, you know, doing one of my acoustic gigs in the corner. It appears he's taking a crap. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Gigi Allen did that. Isn't that disgusting? I mean, I I guess that's punk rock, dude. I guess. Um, But that boat, that's just, that's nasty. His version of Carmelita, however... Is like him in an in kind of an out of tune acoustic guitar. You know, I don't think he would. When you're pooping on stage, you're really not the dude who's like, "Ooh, this is a semitone out of tune. I should fix that." You know? He's yeah, not, you're not going to worry about your really. tuning. Let's just say Gigi Allen and Mutt Lang never did a record together. But yeah, his version of Carmelita <laughs> is killer. It's killer, man. It's really good. It's really good, and and so I watched a whole documentary about him, and that's what stood out to me. So Carmelita by Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon, we all know, is is one of my favorites too. So, what's next? Me in, too. What's next on your list, man? True Love Ways by Buddy Holly. Oh, dude, what a genius pick, man! What yeah, a genius wrote it for pick. his wife Maria. What a genius pick, dude. What I, you that's know? I don't have I anything. I don't have anything. Charles Harden Holly. Yeah, he was. I started for me in high school. I was obsessed when I was like 14 or 15. I was obsessed with Buddy Holly and and uh, uh, Ricky Nelson. Yeah, I got I've been obsessed with Buddy Holly since I was uh, like a child child, you know, a little, little kid. Um, But, you know, that was everything from, you know. There were times in my life, and and I don't know if anyone else has this, and I'm sure even people who have NMD worse than me will make give me a hard time about this right but sometimes in my head right if i close my eyes and picture like buddy holly in my head it's gary Busey. if i you you know what i mean if i picture if i picture um richie valens sometimes it's lou diamond phillips i mean (laughs) i'm embarrassed to say that but but um yeah buddy holly what a beautiful song too man wow came out four months um before he died what a great pick what a that's a great yeah, pick. It's just Mickey Gilly, you know, kind of did it again later yep, in like the, I remember in that. the early eighties. I remember that. It's probably one of the best versions of it. It's such a good song. 
It's such a great yeah. song. Wow, Scott, that's that's a that's a slam dunk. It never sure. made it as a single for Buddy though. Really? It never made it. It never made it as a single until Mickey Gilly did it in like '82, I think. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, Mickey Gilly, you know everything he touches <laughs> turns to. Uh, my next pick is um by Tom Petty. It's off the album The Last DJ, and it's called The Best of Everything. Oh and yeah. That is. I, I think I went through a breakup. I'm pretty sure I went through a breakup. And, and then I actually, I think I recorded that song on like a CD or something and gave it to the girl. Right? Like, I right. wish you the best of everything. I hope you find what you're looking for. Um, it, that's, if you, I mean, I'm sure most Petty fans have probably heard the song. If you haven't, it's it's so good. And the... um. The, the I think the opening line I'm trying to think it's like a she probably works in a restaurant yeah that's what her mama did I just uh, there's something and there's great lines in it and and it's beautiful and and it's always connected to that feeling for me you know and that's the cool thing about a ballad too like you get really connected to a a ballad that you're emotionally that shares a moment with you an emotional moment you know what I mean yeah, that's for sure. that, I mean, how many times, dude? Ballad heavy, heartbroken over one thing or another, and and just on repeat, on repeat. You know? Oh yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, there's nothing better. I mean, really, I'm. Mean, it's crazy to say this, but to me, as as horrible as those events are in your life, there's something in me that there's just nothing better than a, some heartache. And a good ballad that you can put on repeat and, you know, really wallow in it because I'm that dude, you know, oh, wallow, sure. wallow, yeah. wallow. And then eventually I'll use music. It will be the thing that gets me out. You know, it's like if you watch the the grieving process, you know, the steps of grieving. I, I'm kind of like that with music. It's like, OK, whoa, I've, John's been listening to the best of everything for two weeks, man. He's he's really hurting over this girl. And then the next thing, you know. You're listening to, you know, hey, John, I noticed today John was listening to, you know, Cheap Trick or something or whatever. Oh, he must right. be feeling better than, you know. <laughs> he's pulling out of it. Right. And then, you know, eventually <laughs> he's pulling out of it, everyone. And then eventually, <laughs> you know, it, it, I should do that with music sometime. I have my my couple book ideas that I'm sure are getting ripped off right but now. But number one, you know, is my various uh, the era of drugs through band careers to see what the music is like and how it mirrors the drugs they're doing at the time. That's one book. I think my other book should be grieving via music and how it works, you know, like oh, and some man. recommendations. So you're at the denial process. Okay, here's 10 songs you can listen to to get you through that. <laughs> All right. What do you got next, man? I think I'm going to steal one from you here. Oh, okay. Crazy for You by Madonna. Oh, I don't have that, but I do love that song. From your from what you claim is the greatest soundtrack ever. First of all, first of all, I don't know that I appreciate the for what you claim. <laughs> you know, because it's really got that that feeling of it's saying got some great artists on it, and I've never seen the movie. But don't you ever stop, 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 stop. Don't ever judge me about the Fratellis <laughs> if you've never seen the movie Vision Quest, the single greatest I, movie about high school wrestling ever. I have never. I've only seen the crazy for you video with which clips. Is, of there's it. clips, which is great. Yep. So, so by the way, that is a great song. That is a great oh. ballad. And and you know what? Madonna has a career's worth of great songs. 
I'm telling Talk you. Talk about one I've played on repeat. That's one right there. Uh, Crazy for you, by I Madonna. love that song. I love oh, man. that. And, by the way, in the movie, it's used great. It's just in a great spot in the movie. And Oh, oh I don't know that. But. Uh, oh, no, man. It really is. It, it, it really the, the, It's in a great scene. Nice. She sings it in a bar. Like, they live in Spokane, Washington, I think, in the... Um, in this movie and Madonna's playing like their local bar, you know, Oh wow! but, and she's singing crazy for you and they're dancing. Oh, that's such a great was that song on a Madonna record or was that just written for a soundtrack? Do you know? I feel like it might, and no, I don't know, but I feel like it might've been on a record to be honest with you because okay. that soundtrack for, um, vision quest, it really does. I mean, lunatic fringe is on there. It's got a ton of good artists. Um, it, Hungry yeah. for Heaven by Dio. I'll Fall in Love Again by Sammy Hagar. Only the Young by Journey's on there. My favorite John Waite song, Change, is on there. That's a killer tune. Even the, there's a weird um, Don Henley tune called She's on the Zoom that's on there. That. Oh, that, that immediately disqualifies it. It's got Don Henley. It's got involvement with Don Henley. You know who's singing backup on <laughs> She's on the Zoom? It's, that's a Don Henley tune, and the backup singers are Belinda. Crow. No, oh. Belinda Carlisle and Jane Wheedland from the Go-Go's. And it's cool. Because oh, Cheryl Crow used to sing backup for Don Henley, too. Probably like the end of the Innocence era kind of stuff, I think, is when Cheryl Crow Yeah, was probably. Right. Boy, I didn't know you had a beef with Don Henley. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I do. That's the reason I don't like the Eagles. Is Don Henley? You blame it's Don, Don Henley. Henley. I don't have anything against Glenn Fry or any of those guys. Wow. I don't like Don, Don Henley. I met, not Take Matt. Your ponytail and go somewhere else. <laughs> I was, we were, my wife uh, had a Christmas party for her work last night. And I was talking to a woman there who has a personal vendetta against um, Phil Collins. She just, oh. I mean, really like violent. It was crazy listening to her talk about it. It was awesome. Um, she's like, you know, and it felt Collins. So my next Is it because it's the studio? I don't know, man. And I like that song too. And I also liked Easy Lover. So <laughs> kill me. I don't care what anyone says. I like Easy Lover. I think that's a great oh. isn't that it? Yeah, that's him and Philip Bailey. She's an easy lover. That's a great tune. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> my, my it's oh, a wonder. Man. It's a you talk remember you saying if you got to like a hundred episodes you'd have credibility. We could get to ten thousand episodes and I'm still gonna have a history of saying stuff like I love Easy Lover by Philip Bailey and Phil Collins. So I'm sure well, my we, we might as well we haven't acknowledged the text I sent. What one was that? If you include Firehouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what people don't know is I get an awful lot of threatening texts from Scott from the head office. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of ins and outs. So even when you listen to my lists and you're like this, this list is ridiculous and stupid. Imagine the stuff I didn't put on there that Scott said, "Hey man, no firehouse, okay." But don't worry. Oh, I said I texted you last night. I said I'm banning all firehouse references on the show tomorrow, yeah, right well, now. Well, you know what? The thing is, I have my list of, <laughs> of my quick. When I do my my hot list of power ballads, it's not on there, but I've got some good ones. My next pick, though, is a song called "Slipping and Sliding" by Towns Van. I'm sorry, by uh, Ta- Justin Towns Earl. Sorry. Um, do, yes. you, do you know that song? Uh, slipping, it's been a while. It's so good, man. Slipping and sliding. And I believe, and of, of course, it could be about anything. It could literally be about the dude having a slip and slide. I don't know. But it sounds to me like it's about relapsing, and which would stand reason with him. Um, 
Right? It's a great tune, man. It is a great tune. You got to check it out. Slipping and sliding by Justin Town Zero. Uh, rest in peace. I had um, I had a Justin Town Zero song on a, on a B list. Uh, Mama's Eyes. Huh. Well, I don't know what album that's on. I don't know that it's. I think it's on Harlem River Blues. I think so. Okay. I am. Um, yeah. I have two. I got my mama's eyes. I have two records by him. One's called "Nothing's Gonna Change the Way You Feel About Me Now," and the other one is Harlem yep. River, River Blues. And I got Harlem River Blues before the band went out to do like a week of gigs or some, however long. And I had it in my you know iPod and was listening to it. And honest to God, man, by like two days into that trip. Other guys in the band who hadn't heard the song were singing, Lord, I'm going uptown to the Harlem River. Midnight at the Movies, okay. Mama's Eyes. I don't have that record. I'll have to check I it out. I have five of his albums. Dude, okay. I got to get more. That's my problem, Is especially lately, is I get turned on to something, right? Like I, I discover a band and I, I discover them so late in their career, they've got a huge catalog. And it's like, dude, if I were to buy all those records, I'd be, you know... I'm I'm a thousand dollars into recordings that I have to buy, you know. But I, but I'm yeah. doing it. I try to do it, and then the sad thing is, is like I get my favorite album from that band or that artist, and then somebody who knows them more than me, like you or whomever, goes, "Hey, man, you know, you got to get Midnight at the Movies. Are, are, don't you have that?" And I'm like, "No." Or Lucero's like that for me. You know, people are like, "Oh man, you got to get Texas and Tennessee, or you got to get this record or that." And you did help me with that, and I appreciate you for that. But uh, what do you have next? Well, he's been mentioned. John Waite, missing you. Every time I think of you, that's a, <laughs> that's a great jam too. That's a really good. There's a repeat jam. You can get through yeah. a breakup with that one for sure, for sure. That yeah, that. And, is a great song. And I think in the arc of the grieving process of a breakup, Missing You starts coming toward when you're coming out of it because it's also got the I missing you at all. You know, you could use that to get through the funk, you know, even though you know the truth, you're definitely missing that person. But but there is some strength that can be found in there if you take that chorus literally, right? I mean, obviously... Right. As the song unfolds, it is not the case, but you can use that to power through heartache. I've used it before. And, I mean, that was huge. That was the huge, vi- for me, That I thought he looked cool in the video, you know, and, and the song is just so killer. That's a great song. Yeah, he had like 10, 10 solo albums and then a couple with, you know, Bad English that had... Right, and he um, was in The Babies. The Babies, yep. Bad English had the... Uh, what was it? When I see you smile. That was a ballad, a power ballad, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. When I see you, and, smile. yeah. And the uh, that band, um, Bad English, also they got to be cool. They they had a song in the movie Tango and Cash. They got to be cool. <laughs> they got to be cool, man. They were in Tango that's, and Cash. That's one of those awesomely bad movies. I love Tango and Cash. Was that in Stallone? <laughs> Yes. It's the load. Yeah. I saw it in the theater, dude. I saw oh that movie in the God. theater. Yep. I went to the theater to see that. That's a classic. Oh, Tango man. And Ca- they must be good. They were in Tango and Cash. <laughs> Jack Palance. So, oh, man. Oh, that's good stuff. My next pick is a song that I've mentioned on the show before. I, I know I've mentioned her before. I, I still, my record stands. This is true, straight up truth. My record stands, I've yet to make it through the video without crying truth, and it's the joke 
by Brandy Carlisle? Oh, man. Yeah. I almost... That's been used on end show lyrics. I almost want to share that song with everybody who's struggling with anything. I mean, it's that good. I find myself yeah. in my work, like my day job, I think about that song a lot, and I want to share it with people so bad because it's just... I don't know. I, I love her. And it's really cool. The thing, I didn't love her before because it was, here's some NMD for you, because it was starting to get really cool to love her, right? She was accolades, accolades. Everyone's talking about her. Everyone's covers, blah, blah. And then I'm out. And then all of a sudden when it died, that, that died down, then I got yeah. into it. I kind of came back. And the joke was really the song that got me. I, I still think that's a just a, an amazing song. The video is an amazing video. She is an um, a, an amazing singer. Like, you know, it, she's what these, I don't know, maybe, you know, Extina and all those girls, they really wish they had that. What much, they want to be. Right. And, and, yeah. and she's also some that one that I wish more um, female artists would look to for inspiration, you know, instead of looking to, you know, Nicki Minaj or, or whoever's half naked, you know, singing or whoever's over singing and everything is, you know, vocal gymnastics. Um, Brandy Carlisle has the ability to do those vocal gymnastics and yet the taste and the touch and the feel to not. And, and the joke is one of those songs for sure. So I love that song. What do you got next? This is the song that gave me the idea through the show when I was listening to John Sykes and the song Please Don't Leave Me came on. Huh. I was like, we should do a show about ballads. Really? John Sykes. John Sykes. Yeah. So let's... I, I love John Sykes. Um, he's got a solo album, well, a bunch of them, but one of them is called Please Don't Leave Me. Uh, and that, that this is the title track. But... So should we define to folks, I mean... I would say John Sykes, not a household name. I mean, to a lot oh, of people, yeah. right? So John Sykes, what would you consider his, his, you know, his, um, I don't want to say his claim to fame, but where he rose to prominence. W would you say White Snake? White Snake. Yeah, yeah. slide it in in the 1987 self-titled record. He wrote a lot of I it. I was going to say what what is often missed here. And, and Well, first, I'll, before I go on the side street, um, Elaborate on your song, why, what you like so much about it. I mean, it's the inspiration inspiration for this episode, so talk a little bit about it. It's just um, him basically begging a girl that he's in love with and, and did wrong um, to, you know, not leave him. And John Sykes is one of those guys who he's, he's still in – the rock star life from 19, it's still 1989 in John Sykes' brain. <laughs> Which is, because John Sykes was supposed to be the third guy in the winery dogs. But instead of Richie Kotzen? Instead of Richie Kotzen, yes. When when Mike Portnoy, who's, uh, who's um, when I get to the studio, we're going to record kind of guy. And John Sykes is like Kirk Hammett. I'll take a shower. I'll get there when I get there. Oh, yeah. And that's why it was like uh, very quickly it was over. And I can't picture the and, winery dogs with John Sykes. I can't. Uh, no, not not after hearing it. And then, you know, because a lot of it's Richie's songs anyway. But, and Richie's uh, voice and Richie's playing and 
Right. You, I, believe but, it or not, I thought the Winery Dogs were Richie Kotzen's band. I thought that was no. his. It was Portnoy's. It started with Portnoy and John Sykes because they they had originally talked about it when they were on that metal show. And they said, we got something coming. Like John Sykes, I think, remember when they used to have like a guest and then they'd always have like a guest guitarist that played out like, yes. to the commercials yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was something like that where Portnoy was a guest. Uh, Portnoy and... was a guest, and Sykes was the guitar guy, and then they're you know talking back and forth and tell Eddie wow. and those guys like, yeah, hey, we got this coming, and, wow. and it just never came around because I'm glad Sykes that didn't work. Still... <laughs> I'm glad that. <laughs> but didn't a lot work. of people, a lot of people don't like John Sykes singing his vocal, like in, in Blue, Blue Murder. I liked Blue Murder. Me too. I saw Blue Murder live. It was awesome. I like uh, John Sykes. What? What? And I, what? The side street I was going to take for a second is, you know, a lot of people, a lot of rock and roll people, metalheads, if you will, even, um, you know, the '87 White Snake album, the self-titled, the big White Snake album, right? Every the band yeah. and the video, everyone's like, oh, you know, it was Vivian Campbell and Rudy Sarzo and Adrian Vandenberg and. I, and John Sykes doesn't really, no one really He's knows. He's forgotten. He's forgotten. Yeah. But he is that, those humongous, I mean, you think about the still of the night riff, you know, that's John Sykes, you know, um, there's so many good songs I, that he's. In. I don't know if I talked about it when we did our live album show, because I'm not a big live guy, but Bad Boy Live is an amazing John Sykes record. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Good pick. He does, he does uh, all the, White snake tunes he wrote on it, and, and he this sings one's them on there. And he sings, yeah, he does Thunder and Lightning from Thin Lizzy, the song he wrote with Phil Lynott. And wow, yeah, yeah, that's cool. So it's a great record, Bad Boy Live. My next pick is pretty standard stuff. Um, it's hard for me to pick my favorite version of it because there have been several, but the song Love Hurts, I think, is a great ballad. Um, yeah, you know I love the Nazareth version. My favorite version is by Graham Parsons and Emmy Lou Harris. Um, yeah, the Nazareth. Too. I mean, I got to be honest. The Nazareth version is the song I grew up on, and the first version I knew and loved. Um, yeah, and same. I did, and I believe it's on the record "Hair of the Dog." I think it is. Um, and, and it's a great song. Which and every, is a masterpiece of a record. I love that record too. And and everybody knows "Love Hurts." I mean. Even as soon as, you know, the those first three chords kick it in, the three accented chords, you're like, all right, it's love hurts. And and let's say, too, I mean, my NMD side wants to be like, oh, the Graham Parsons Emmy Lou version is definitive. But the fact is the Nazareth version is, I mean, there's great vocals in it. The per- Everything's great. It's a great song. Can you hear my dog? Can you hear my dog barking no. in the background? Yeah, she's barking about something. Who knows? It's probably neither a- one of them wrote it. I don't think so. No, Graham they did not. Or, they did uh, not. No, Nazareth. It was like Bordeaux, Brian. The best song. Yeah. The best song on that record, in my opinion, is "Whiskey Drinking Woman." Yeah, I, I think I told the story here about listening to the album "Hair of the Dog" with my cool uncle, you know, my stoner uncle back in the day, and he was babysitting, and and like my step siblings went to bed, so he and I would stay up and listen to like his. Uh, eight tracks, you know, Black Sabbath. He was a huge Sabbath guy. Ozzy, you know, all that cool stuff. And we were listening to Hair of the Dog one night, and a dude pounds on the front door at like one o'clock in the morning. My uncle opens the door, and the dude's like, he's loaded, and he's saying something, but he's like, and my uncle's like, all right, man. And the dude peels out to his car and takes off. 
And we both go back in the living room like, wow, that was a trip, you know. And I'll say, there's another pounding at the door, and this woman is now at the door. And she's like, hey, your chimney's on fire. And and that's what it was. Our chimney was on fire. That was Nazareth we were listening to. All right. Sorry. Uh, What do you got next? Something by the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. George Harrison. Without question. Without question. Yep. That's a beautiful song. That's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful piece of music. Yep. Didn't he write that about the woman that left him for Eric Clapton, Eric Clapton. or something? Patty Boyd? <laughs> Is that who it was? That was, who that it was? I think that was her name, yeah. You, you, you know more about the Beatles yeah. than I do. I just there love There was the all song. of that because I think, you know, I, I feel like maybe Layla was written about her too. I mean, there's been, there were a couple, because back then too, those rock dudes, they did that sort of thing, man. Like, like, you know, there was some swapping going on and it was that liberal time. And I mean, that's not my scene, but I know there's, I believe it was about her. Patty Boyd, I think is her name. And I believe something may be about her. And I do think Layla could be about her too. Don't quote me on that. I don't want to get in a bunch There's of a record. There's a newer record that came out called Guitar Battle. And it's got like Al Petrelli and John Petrucci and oh, yeah. all kinds of badass guitar players on it. And they do... um an instrumental version of something that's awesome on there. That's cool. A whittly version, if you will. Uh, My next pick is a song called The Band is Playing Too Slow by Chris Knight. Um, Not as, you know, Chris Knight is kind of a, you know, he's a guy who comes up on our show a lot as a great songwriter. Uh, The Band is Playing Too Slow is, is kind of a waltz. Um, It's, it's a great song, you know, and it's, it's, it sounds to me, you know, kind of listening to it, that it may be about a, a guy who was left at the altar. Um, and uh. so, you know, it's like, um, you know, I paid the I paid the band when you left me expecting that they'd pack it in. But heartaches, a stubborn musician and it's playing a waltz that won't end. Oh, and man. so, you know, you know, and it's like uh, and there's some really weird lines in it. There's a line in it that I really like that. I don't know what it means, but he says, um. And I can't help but remember you, morning high, midnight low. I don't know what that means, but um, it, and it's like I and I can't. I don't want to dance with your memory, but somehow I just, I, it just can't let you go. The band is playing too slow, you know. So that's a great tune too. Chris Knight's a great songwriter. What do you got next? Yes, "Save a Prayer" by Duran Duran. Ooh, nice man, nice. Nice. A song about uh, you know two people. It's basically a song about the one night stand. <laughs> we should have done. Um, someday we'll have to maybe revisit this and just go '80s ballads because there were some good ballads in the '80s too. You know, oh, I mean yeah. that that I wouldn't have on my list, right? But like Berlin's uh, "Take My Breath Away" is a great song, or you know, Meatloaf, or you know, there's a lot of great ballads, but but. The Duran Duran song is a, a classic. That's a good one. That doesn't get name yeah. checked enough in their their catalog. I don't think That's, it's probably my favorite Duran song. Really? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I that or the chauffeur. That. I don't know that I can say that because I'm. I mean, I like "Hungry Like the Wolf." I like Rio. My favorite is probably the Reflex. I guess. Cause they were rocking for that one. The video was cool. They were, the song just rocked, you know, and it, it at the time that the reflex came out, it hit me nice. Cause it, it, it was just a little bit beefier than the more synthy stuff. So it sat nice in my rock and roll, you know, my rock and roll soul. 
if you will. So, yeah, good pick, Scott. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. My next pick is a song called Nights Like These by Lucero. Um, it's not the song that hooked me on Lucero. Um, the song that hooked me on Lucero is called The Only One. Nights Like These is a better song. It's just, uh, I mean, there's some great lines in, in that song, too. Um, ben Nichols, of course, wrote it, and he says, there's a line in there that says, um, she had a weakness for writers, and I was never that good with words. I think that's a great line. I make a big deal out of that. And yeah, Nights Like These by Lucero. They have some great ballads, mid-tempo things. Texas and Tennessee is a great song, but Nights Like These. I can't is... remember. I can't remember his name. The guy that owned um, Jukes. He got was me it... into Lucero. Wasn't it Dave? I'm pretty sure. Wasn't his name Dave? Is that so... his name? I think so. God, that Jukes. Oh, that goes way back. Speaking of places, we talked about um, last show. We talked about a bar in. I said a bar in Kalamazoo called The Rocker. Yeah. That was in it Grand was called Peppers. Peppers. That's a circuit. It was bar. called Peppers. Circuit. I wonder if other people in other parts. Peppers of- is connected to a strip club called Mermaids. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. I, I saw. Um, I saw the band. Oh, I can't remember if he was in a hair band back in. But there was this band, Schoolboy Crush. You remember that? Yes, band? I do remember them. Yep. They were from like Indianapolis or something like that. I saw those guys there before, so- and I. I can't remember. Like there used to be another local Grand Rapids band called Playgrind. Yes, I remember them. They played there all the time. So those were what we called in in the in the game. Um, and I'm sure they're all over the country, I guess. But around here, we called them circuit bars. And basically, what they were is like you would get a quote unquote road band. They were cover bands, but they would travel. They would book yeah. through an agency. I remember the Showtime Productions. Maybe someone that listens to the show will know that. And I have friends who played that circuit that would hit like Battle Creek, Grand Rapids, Muskegon at On Broadway. That was our circuit bar. They had one up here in Ludington at one time called City Limits that like Black Oak, Arkansas played at. Um, oh, wow. But they, so the circuit bands would come to Muskegon Thursdays and Sundays, you know, and it would be, they were kind of big productions, you know, hair bands, kind of, you know, they were all kind of hair yeah. bands in that era, big PA lights, you know, the whole thing. And they they were like Sahara Steel, Playgrind. Um, what's the, there was one from Raggedy Ann was a big one. From, Raggedy Ann. Yeah, yeah, they were great. And all those circuit bands. Doyle Betty. <laughs> there was one called Backseat Driver from, like, I think the UP. Yes. They were really good. I played with them. I played um, uh, 30 Days in the Hole with them one time, like the Mr. Big version. They played. Oh, okay. They There would be these circuit bands. Like, they were all pretty good. You'd get a lot of ACDC. You'd get, you know, the Immigrant Song and all that kind of stuff. So there'd be Zeppelin, Sabbath. Um, and then the newer, you know, you'd get Motley and all that. But this band from the UP, they they were all like really good players. So you'd also like this. They did Green Tinted Sixties Mind by Mr. Big. You know, there'd be all the guitar players were, you know, ripping dudes. And and on our circuit, we also had Zoltan Chaney, who now plays in Slaughter and with Vince Neil and a guy named Jeff Blando, who plays in Slaughter Mm -hmm. now as well. They came through our circuit bar all the time. Yeah, that's cool. Um so we were on circuit bars. What was our last? How did we get that? I had bar? save a prayer. Yeah. How did we get to circuit? Oh, you were just talking about peppers, weren't you? I had, yeah, because I was listening to the last episode. I'm like, 
That place was called Peppers, not the Rocker. The Rocker was, was in Grand connected Rapids. to a bowling alley. Yep. Wasn't that in Grand Rapids? Yes. It was. It was off Plainfield Street. Yeah. And then Peppers was connected to a strip club called Mermaids. And see, our circuit bar up here in, or, well, in Muskegon was connected to another bar that at one time would be a, was a blues bar. And then when the country boom came, like the top 40 country of the 90s, if you will, um, it became that, too. Since we're off topic, you know what the club in New York, CBGB's, do you know what CBGB stands for? Hang on. Country, bluegrass. Yeah. CBGB's country, bluegrass, CBGB, um, blues. CBGB. Yeah, country, bluegrass, and blues. And, and then there's the... That's what they, that's what they, that's how they started. But there's also country, the other letters, the OMF. G or something. So there's more and other forms of music or something like that. So it's CBGBs and then the O blah 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 is like other oh, forms. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when it first started, it was country bluegrass and blues. And, and then I just I just heard that the obviously other day. became you know the That was my Cliff Clavin fact. Yeah, you know Normie. <laughs> <laughs> like Cliff Clavin fact. That's my Cliff Clavin fact. I think NMB people are full of Cliff Clavin <laughs> that nobody wants to hear. <laughs> My final pick on my main list is um, a song called Little Angel, Little Brother by Lucinda Williams. Have you ever heard it? It's been a while. It's on what I consider to be her. Lucinda Williams has a catalog of of so many fine moments. I mean, the album Car Wheels on a Gravel Road is genius. Um, Yes. To me, though, Probably because it was my introduction, but the finest Lucinda Williams record ever written and recorded is called Sweet Old World. And this song is on there, dude. And and I don't know the background. I'm guessing that maybe like, and it couldn't, I, I, I'll say hers, but it could be anyone's. But it's like written, I think, from the perspective of someone whose brother had committed suicide. And it, she's just, ba- God, I'm getting choked up. Dang it. One episode would be nice. Um, where she's talking, she's describing him, you know, your bad habits and paperbacks, you know, and just kind of discussing how she can see him leaning his lanky frame in the door, you know, uh, singing Ray Charles and Fats Domino, you know, that kind of, it's just really Mm -hmm. cool. It's, it's, it's a great song. Little Angel, Little Brother. It's a killer. So, she re-recorded that album in 2017. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I would never go and back. And added like four tracks yeah, to it. Yeah, I don't it, ever so. want to go. The, the 80 whatever version of, or maybe 90 of Sweet Old World, whenever it was released. I'm, it, it came it, out in 92, I think. It, it's dated, to say the least. It has some dated production choices, for sure. Um, I, The guitars I, sound really solid state to me. They're cool and really crispy and clean, but they sound solid state. Um. So there is some of those choices, but the songs are just, Yeah, I mean, she, Lucinda Williams, you know, and I know she's coming to state theater soon. And you and I had talked about a field trip to that. Um, (laughs) But, but truly anybody, anybody who loves songs and songwriting, if you don't know Lucinda Williams, do yourself a favor and visit Lucinda Williams. I don't care what you listen to a greatest. I know you hate greatest hits, Scott. Um, but, I don't hate them, but you know something where you I can just say, don't don't tell me you love an artist if that's all you right. want. She's, I mean, Sweet Old World is where I would start. I mean, Pineola's yeah, on sure. there. There's just yeah. So that was the last one on my list. What do you got next? Anything? My last one is um, 
It's called Charms by the Philosopher Kings. It's the song I danced to my wife to at our wedding. Nice, man. What's so, so it's my favorite ballad. The Philosopher Kings? They're a Canadian band. Of course they are. <laughs> of course they're Scott. They're, they're a Canadian jazz band. I'm surprised you don't You've know already that. made fun of me for this on the show. Like, hey, everyone, gather around and listen to Scott's obscure song. <laughs> At your wedding, so, too. That's great. That's great. Yeah, man. Everybody in the was, But to be fair, it was, I, I played her a bunch of songs that I thought we, we could use. And my other song was uh just can't get you off my mind by lenny kravitz so i wasn't totally nmb uh, really because i think you should have danced to uh to steel heart <laughs> that's what i think oh, that steel heart never let you go <laughs> <laughs> see you told me not to get it in there screw you man i got it in. i gotta steal no, that was, no i was talking about firehouse firehouse i'm, I'm sorry then you should dance the love of a lifetime damn i said steel heart i meant firehouse <laughs> dang it yeah, that is a good song, by the way. I mean, everybody yeah. that everybody that played "Love of a Lifetime" at their wedding is now divorced. <laughs> Statistically, if you look through statistics, you'll see a high divorce rate of people. I danced at my wedding. We danced to uh, "I Believe in Merle You" Haggard. by Don Williams. What did you say that we danced to? I said Merle Haggard, didn't oh. I? Uh, was it Don Williams? It, yeah, was, it was Don, Don Williams. Williams. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, because Jen wouldn't dance to, you know, House of Pain by Faster Pussycat. Okay. Oh, come on. So, I do have, before we go, I want to rattle off my power ballad B-list, okay? I'll do them quick. And, of course, number one is House of Pain by Faster Pussycat. I'm going to say this. There's your your hairband power ballad that is written damn well. The subject matter is good. It's approached well. The song is great. Um, Yep. I also have, you're going to love this, Until You Suffer Some Fire and Ice by Poison slash Richie Kotzen. Yeah. That's a really good ballad. Um, Richie's Richie singing it is better than than the Poison version for sure. Yeah, Richie's version on his um, essential greatest hits is, uh, is good. And then I have, man, it's hard for me to read with my bad eyes. Hold on. I do have The Ballad of Jane. By L.A. Guns. I like that song a lot. I like Edie Chow Baby by The Cult. Um, Right. Yep. I also, uh, I have, um, geez, man, my eyes are so bad. Um, Oh, I'll Be There For You by Bon Jovi. I'll be there for you. That's a good one. And then finally, I have, now this is an obscure one. It's off um, Metal Health, the 83 Quiet Riot record. 82, 83, I guess. And it's called um, Don't Want to Let You Go. Have you ever heard that song? I've, it's been a long time. It's on side yeah. two of the album, by okay. the way. And it might be. Side two. It's the second to last song on side two, I think, because I think the album ends with a song called Thunderbird, which is a ballad written for Randy Rhodes. That's really good. Right. So, so you got any others? Any other stuff you I need to. I have a few like, some, that some friends of ours have done. Um... Yeah, let's hear them. Dream Away the Moon from Troll for Trout is a great ballad. Oh, nice. A little local um, props. Our friend Jason Eller has a beautiful song called She Can Be. And um, our friend Danny Smith has a couple of great ones on one of his solo albums. called One's called A Little Bit Broken, and the other song is called Leaving L.A. Cool. Yeah, I. Uh, there were some other... There's. Uh, you know, ballads are hard for me. They're kind of, they're. I think they're some of my favorite songs. Are ballads, to be honest with you. 
I do. I but, like a good ballad. Yeah, like a few of hair metal ones I had written down were Coming Home by Cinderella. They write a good ballad. Love Ain't Enough by South Gang. Oh, nice. Oh, you got it, man. Um, good job, buddy. Yeah. Good job to get I Butch had, in. Uh, well, I had Save Your Love by Great White written down. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Save all your I had Love is on the Way by Saigon Kick written down. That's a good one. Do you remember um, Don't Close Your Eyes by Kicks? Oh, That's dude, a good one. I, I saw that live. They're still good live. They're still a great oh, band, Kicks. Oh, my God. Yeah. I also like um, uh, Nobody's Fool by Cinderella. I think that's a good ballad, too. Oh, for too. sure. And there's a version of Lizzie Hale doing it that's really good from Hailstorm. I don't care for that. Oh, it's you on don't? Tom Kiefer's, it's on Tom Kiefer's solo album. It's like a bonus track. Oh, I saw her doing it live with like the Eastside Gamblers or something with Tony oh, Higby's band. It's, it, it's on a um, Tom Kiefer's solo album. Do they do it like a like duet a almost? Track. Do they? Yes. Okay. And I don't care for it. Hmm. But. I saw her do it. I'm not it. a Hailstorm fan. I like her. I don't know much about the band. I've only seen her because I like the Eastside Gamblers and Tony Higby so much. She'd go out and play with them every once in a while and like sing Heart or Heaven and Hell or, you know, she's a great singer, great player. Yeah. I don't know her band that well, but yeah, I, I like them. And, and we could, you know, obviously you could dedicate a show to power ballads because that was, no, that was the sure. meat and potatoes of that. And you know, that that's the thing. I think I always find ballads are like, you know, they're, they're not low hanging fruit. You know, a good ballad is hard. A, a, ballads are easy to fall into cliche. You know what I mean? In, yeah. in both subject and, and kind of structure. I think, you know, that's especially power ballads, you know, tiny verse, huge chorus. I know. And I love, I love power ballads, but when you can use, take that structure and do something a little either super romantic, like I'll be there for you or, you know, with some more complexity and story, you know, I like that. I like what, you know, who right. wrote great ballads. If we're going to talk about hair ballads, then I'm going to stop this last hairband thing. I'm going to say, but Janie Lane from warrant could write a ballad. You know, he wrote oh, stuff yeah. like I saw red blind faith. Um, I, sometimes she cries. I, I've said this a million times and no one will listen to me and someone's going to get rich doing this. I'm telling you, someone is going to get rich doing this. But those songs written by Janie Lane should be in the hands of one of these top 40 country dudes and they can make, they will have a number one single. I'm telling you right now, some big bearded country dude singing I Saw Red <laughs> would be gold, is money in the bank. It really is. Because Janie Probably. Lane could write... You know, he wrote Cherry Pie, and I know he gets heat, and he it killed him. Cherry Pie killed him. But remember, he wrote that overnight when he was asked. Just always remember right. when you hear Cherry Pie and all those horrible cliches, and I say that, and innuendo is more than cliche. I think I mean innuendo. But he wrote that overnight, dude, and it is really, if if someone told you, hey, man, I need a love in the, ele love in the elevator or love in an elevator, and you gave them cherry pie overnight, that's what a good songwriter Janie Lane was. Yeah. So, okay, I'm done ranting about Janie Lane. Uh, you got any closing words for us today, buddy? I thought I saw Jesus on Sunset. And who knows, I may have been right. Or maybe I was sleepwalking, dreaming in broad daylight. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. See ya.